Hey guys, welcome to our True Crime Tuesday. I'm Marley. And I'm Carly. And we're Bitches Bitches Be Like. So today we have the Indianapolis, Indiana I-70 serial killer. We posted some pictures from today's story on our social media. So go like, follow, and subscribe on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and Snapchat at BBL Podcast Girls. All right, so it's been a few weeks, Mm -hmm. but we're back, and we are back with a great one. Yes, we have the story of Herb Baumeister. He's the I-70 killer from Indianapolis, Indiana, and this takes place in 1993, which was when I was born, but I was not here. (laughs) (laughs) So the story starts off when a 32-year-old man, Roger goes missing from a gay club in Indy. Hmm. And then he didn't go home. His mom knew that was not right. She was so concerned. Right. That's not like him. Yeah, he does not come not home home. <laughs> <laughs> so she calls his partner Rick. And Rick doesn't know where he is. Uh-huh. So she and Rick start calling everybody who could have seen him. And nobody... Had heard from him. Okay, so he's like missing, missing. Yes. So 48 hours goes by and still nothing. Nobody knows where he's at. So they decide to go to the police station to file a missing persons report. Mm -hmm. What anyone would do. Well, apparently in 1993, there was some rule that you had to wait 30 days to file a report. No way. That's... I mean... Too long to wait. Exactly. Mm. So, mom hires a private investigator to investigate. Right, because she doesn't want to wait 30 days for the police to do their job. Exactly. A few days after he starts investigating Roger's disappearance, he comes across another family who calls him about another man, Alan, Mm -hmm. missing with the same circumstances. Mm, So... We got two. Right. They were similar, like they had the same height and weight. It was just a little bit too much of a coincidence, though. Right. And the only tip they had was Roger was last seen outside the library downtown mm-hmm. getting into a blue car with Ohio license plates. That's it. That's not too much Could to be go anybody. off of. A blue car in Ohio, there's a million. <laughs> So, the P.I. gets a call from a publisher of a gay magazine. Mm -hmm. And he states that there were more missing men who were disappearing from the LGBTQ plus community. In Indianapolis? Yes. Way more. Serial killer? Um, I want to find out. (laughs) (laughs) So, finally, it's been 30 days and the family can go file the missing persons report. Mm -hmm. And the police confirmed that there are eight other men missing in Indianapolis at the same time from the same situation. So that's like ten. There's ten now. Ten yes. missing. And they have no clues, no evidence, nothing to go off of. Finally, they get a lead from a Tony. Mm-hmm. He says that he came across the guy that they've been looking for. The killer? Mm-hmm. Out at the club. He said he was white in his 40s, mm-hmm. and he went by Brian Smart. 
He said they were having drinks, and Brian invites Tony back to his house to drink some more and swim in his pool. No, don't go. <laughs> don't Red flag. go. <laughs> he goes. Oh. Yes. He, maybe he was drinking. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so they're driving, and Tony notices they're getting farther and farther out of the city. And he starts getting a little bit nervous. They finally get to a huge driveway up to a huge mansion and they go inside to the indoor pool Mm. tony goes into the pool room and sees the most terrifying thing ever what dude around the entire pool were mannequins dressed (laughs) up and positioned like positioned what do you mean (laughs) Brian tells Tony he doesn't like to be home alone. So he dresses these mannequins up and poses them so it feels like he's at a party all the time. Oh my gosh, that is weird. Red flag! That is weird as Red flag, like, run! Run! Get me out of here. Oh my gosh, <laughs> I would, oh. So even though it's this red flag, Tony goes ahead and goes for a swim. Mm. <laughs> Poor Tony. But Brian gets weirder. He asks Tony if he's ever tried choking himself out during sex. Mm. He says it's amazing. Tony's like, nah, way, hell no. But Brian ends up convincing Tony to let him try it on him. Hmm. Not good. Yeah, he's... (laughs) No. Wow. Brian wraps a hose around Tony's neck. And gets tighter and tighter, and Tony finally realizes this is not a game. I'm about to die. He's trying to kill yeah. me. So he pretends to pass out. Mm-hmm. Brian yeah. lets go, and when Tony opens his eyes, Brian freaks out because he thought he was dead. But he plays it off like, oh, sorry, I didn't mean to pull that tight. No big deal. It was an accident. And takes Tony home. So the police, of course, run Brian Smart's name. Right. There is no Brian Smart. Yeah. I wouldn't (laughs) think he'd use his real name. Yeah. So Tony only knew that they drove north in the long driveway with the big mansion with the indoor pool and a sign outside that said something farms. Okay. He also says he had the Ohio license plate just like the car Roger was last getting in. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Indianapolis police contact Ohio police and discover what is happening in Indianapolis has been happening in Ohio for a long time. Oh my gosh. Starting in 1985, they had bodies showing up along I-70 in Ohio all through 85, 86, 89, and 90. Gosh. All the men were strangled and last seen at a gay bar in Indianapolis. Oh my gosh. Yes. So... Dangerous. 85 is actually when it started, right. not 93. 93 is just when they started really in Indianapolis getting, <laughs> investigating the leads mm-hmm. and things. So, Indiana cops and Ohio cops go ahead and get together to find out if anyone knew about this mansion farm. Hamilton County says we do. Okay, so they know of a mm-hmm. mansion farm. It's off of 156th Street in Westfield. Owners, Herb Baumeister. Hmm. 
Indy police want to go search, but it's not their jurisdiction. It's Hamilton County. Right. So they have to get permission from a judge to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. The judge said no. I know. He says it's a, he, he's a nice man. You can't just go in there with those accusations. N- not having so much evidence. and Yeah, they said Tony wasn't a reliable witness. Mm-hmm. So all the police could do is learn about her. Okay. They find out that when he was little, he was a little different. They always are. The serial <laughs> <Yeah>. killers. <laughs> he would tell people... He wanted to know what human urine tastes Ew. like. Yes. Urine? Ew, yes. Oh, that's disgusting. Oh, my gosh. He'd take dead birds to school. Why? That's, why? How was he allowed at school after that? <laughs> when he became an adult, he went ahead and got married. He worked at the BMV. But one time he got so mad at his boss, he peed on his desk. What? That an is adult. So weird. <laughs> But he had a normal life other than that. He has his wife and kids and a successful wife chain and of kids? thrift stores. Mm-hmm. He has He's... his normal life. Okay. He bought a $1 million estate mm-hmm. called Fox Hollow Farms. Okay. Something farms. In Westfield. Mm. So they noticed the timing. And once Herb bought the estate, bodies stopped being dumped along I-70. So, basically, he found a dumping ground and didn't have to... In Westfield. Exactly, his mansion. A.K.A. Sketchfield. (laughs) Well, at the time that the police are figuring all this out, Herb is in the middle of a divorce with his wife, Julie. So, they decide to talk to her to see what she could say. Right, I would definitely go talk to the wife. Well, she's like, hell no, he ain't no murderer. Mm Mm-mm. But later, she remembers something that she thought was odd with her son. Hmm. He had came in from playing outside in the backyard and said, Mom, I found a skeleton. What? And she's thinking there's no way. So she goes outside to look, and there's a skeleton. Oh, my gosh. She confronted Herb, and he says it's from his dad's anatomy class. And she believes him. Well, I mean, she should. That's her husband, but I mean... (laughs) She decides finally to tell the police and show them where the skeleton was that, mm-hmm. of course, it's not there anymore. Right. The police show Julie all their evidence, mm-hmm. and Julie decides that she agrees with them. Mm. She notices every date that a man went missing, she and her kids were out of town at their lake house. And every date a body showed up in Ohio, Herb was out of, out of town in Ohio on a work trip. Okay, so it's adding up. Uh-huh. Adding up. She let police search the property, and they find all the bodies. Eleven total. All men, all missing from the LGBTQ plus community in Indianapolis. That is so crazy. In all total, over all these years, he had 21 victims. That's a lot, too, for a serial killer. A lot of the times I just hear, like, you know, five or four. And he got away with that many until he got caught. One. So Herb was in Canada when all this was happening, and he heard about it and decided he wouldn't come home. I wouldn't either. (laughs) But he kills himself. Mm. And he left a long suicide note saying his business was failing, and that's why his marriage was failing, and doesn't say one damn word about those men. Or why? 
So their families never really got never got any answers closure ever. or anything. I mean, you never really can get closure with a situation like that, but they didn't. He just dipped out, and now you look, nobody will ever know why. So he never got caught or anything. He just kills himself. Yep. But we do have the pictures on our social media of him and his family, the house, the land. So go like, follow, and subscribe on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and Snapchat at BBL Podcast Girls. Until next time. K, love you. Bye.